Today on the 525 Records podcast, Less Cash, a rock band out of Portland, Oregon. You're listening to their title track off their 2014 album called Scenery. fucking song rocks less cash welcome to the 525 records podcast the members are mark breitenbach he's the front man say hello mark hello mark john rasmussen he is the incredible drummer say hello hello everybody and last but not least holding down the bass guitar is mr seth gibson i'm the replacement bass player yeah 
That's true. We should dive into that right away. Uh, Alpha Rasmussen, who happens to be John Rasmussen's sister, uh, was the original bass player in Les Cash. She's actually who you heard on that track, Uh, not only playing bass, but singing backup vocals. Hopefully, we'll have a call-in appearance from her later in the episode, but we don't know yet. It's a roll of the dice. (laughs) That's fitting. You're from Vegas. I see what you did there. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. All right. You're right. Sorry. Come on, man. <laughs> We're talking today. It's November the 7th. Joe Biden has just been elected president. Woo-woo. <laughs> Clap or you fucking die. <laughs> Don't hurt me, Bo Jaden. Don't enslave me, Kamala. How do you guys feel about the Biden presidency? I feel great about it. I was happy my guy won. Yeah, that's who I was rooting for. It's anybody but <clears throat> the uh, the current or the Trump the, is a fucking the prior. My mom called me earlier today. She was super excited, and um, she was just happy that she could tell her grandchildren that you uh, uh, don't win if you're a liar. Mm-hmm. And you don't win if you're a bully, yeah. and that there are real ramifications for a human decency and or the lack thereof. Well put, yeah. Sandy. Yeah. But how long was this week waiting four or five days for the results for to this pour podcast? In? Oh, for that <laughs> presidency, it was a long, it was a long week. Yeah, yeah I'll say it, it sped up the last couple of days. Those first couple of days were a little dicey. Yeah, watching, that's true. Watching it seem to slip yeah, through, I, I did slip through to, the fingers was uh, a little excruciating. I did go to bed on Tuesday a little unsure. Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't get to bed till 1 in the morning on Tuesday. Uh, I could not. I, I couldn't look away. It just, But at a certain point, it became like, well, there's no point in staying up to watch what's not going to happen. Yeah, eventually you know, they said, they like, uh, we'll have some more votes released in about 45 minutes. At that point, it was about <laughs> 1 in the morning. Right, so I was like, you know, am I going to stay up till one forty-five to see something move, <laughs> to, to see the mood, oh. needle move ever so slightly? Right, 5,000 more votes. Show. Go to sleep, John. Go to sleep, John. <laughs> and by the way, you know, I got a lot of, I got hairy legs. That's your president. Right there. <laughs> Here's two. Here's two. Respect, Elt. <laughs> Listen, you clap for Joe Biden or you die. Clap for that, you stupid bastard. Is this going to be the whole podcast? Are you very, are you going political on this podcast? No, I'm going to half man. of this is editing this hitting the editing floor. So. Elliot again, it's not about it's not about who's president, it's about who's not president. Right, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But see to me it's a fascinating argument like how far down that slope are, is one willing to slide. Oh, very far when when you consider who, you know, the, uh, like who who is I more? mean here's the real question if Trump had called us and wanted to use scenery for his electric election song what would we have said Well <laughs> you know I don't know if you guys know this but Tom Petty had a song called I Won't Back Down yeah. and the Trump I campaign famously used it against any kind of permission or copyright and uh, the Petty estate was not very happy about right. that Right right yeah, I think that's happened with Neil Young had yeah. one of those. And the village people. Uh, I feel like Fleetwood Mac had one of those, right. maybe. I think I'd just pretend I didn't get it and let him try and use it and then sue him afterwards <laughs> so that I could get money that way. Because I wouldn't feel comfortable about just giving him the song. Not just even just giving, letting him even pay me outright to use it. Mark versus Trump's 30 lawyers. <laughs> 30. 
There's way more. I'm sorry. His 30 story building full of lawyers. <laughs> Mark Brackovich. That's me. I mean, I see what you did there. Mark Brackovich. Like like yeah. <laughs> Mark. Mark Brackovich. Mark Brackovich. Mark and Brackovich. You know, no, Aaron you know. Brackovich. I was trying really he hard. Was get, I trying to get there. He get as close as Mark got. That was pretty <laughs> was, good. He was almost there. I like that the Markin came, John. <laughs> well, speaking of Mark Breitenbach, he yeah. is the front man. He's also the main songwriter, I think that's fair to say, in Less Cash. Uh, the only say the only <laughs> songwriter in less yeah. cash yeah, that's probably true he thanks, is thanks guys. your fearless leader why don't you do your research dude <laughs> <laughs> we all go way back there's yeah, nothing I don't know about yeah, less cash true. it's a Neil Peart situation Mark's never written a lyric in his well, life it's all me baby <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm jumping over anything here but but there was a little bit of a um, a, a tug and and Tug and pull. <laughs> I don't think that's what I meant. There was a little bit of a jacket on, jacket <laughs> off. There was a little bit of jacket on, jacket. There was, tug, tug there, of war? there was this. Yeah, there was a, there was a little tug of war because there was another band called Rasmussen um, that was going on. Oh, um, Rasmussen! That just so, warms my heart. <laughs> so to hear that name. But there, there definitely was. You know, Seth, you talk about how being in Texas, you you were like, oh, I. You know, I heard these recordings out there, and I was, you know, missed mm -hmm. it. Missed it felt a little homesick Definitely. or whatever. And so it was when I heard Rasmussen playing, I was always like, "But Les Cash is first, right?" <laughs> like I was always like, "Oh, there's, there's, there's a, there's a bit that I just, yeah, I had an issue with, not issue. Anyway, I love the I'm, Rasmussen. I'm so glad you brought this up because it's something I forgot all about. That when you were getting less cash together, yeah. this was the heyday of Rasmussen. Yeah, and you guys practiced at the same house, at the same house, the Five Two Five Studios. Yeah, and it was it was almost like a Purple Rain sort of competition yeah. between all the bands that were practicing in there. And, and I think everyone to a T would say that Rasmussen was like the band to beat. They were, I mean, all yeah, the... but it's, it's definitely apples and oranges and they're opposite ends of a spectrum where Rasmussen mm -hmm. was pushing the threshold of what people would listen to <laughs> <laughs> and, and less cash and Mark's songwriting is very straight Americana, yeah. super interesting, super fun and good, uh, in, innovative stuff, but had that Tom Petty, yeah. Bruce Springsteen, straightforward, easy, yeah. easy to listen to right. rock and roll. Whereas Rasmussen was challenging for a lot of people to listen to it it didn't it didn't have a common ear and now. it's about yeah. to be challenging for the audience to listen to <laughs> right now
Rasmussen was like a sound explosion. Um, I'm the one that recorded that, and the reason why it's not the greatest recording is because it was a one mic in the middle of a room, and uh, it's the only recordings of Rasmussen that exist, and I'm so proud that I was able to capture them. But this is what you were up against. I mean, this is what you had to listen to, and it, it, the problem was battling to get John to practice because he's in both bands and now all of a sudden if Rasmussen is practicing well that means less cash can practice and so it's this tug of war and you get you guys are literally pulling John apart and I would just like to say <laughs> before you jump into this I've never seen John smile as big and as wide as when he was playing with Rasmussen that was like he was the most happiest camper I've ever seen in any of the bands that I've been playing with John. I'm so. loving this fucking podcast so far. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's I would great. just like to say one thing. Yeah, go. Um, Please. I recognize that song from Alpha Noise compilation, which is mm -hmm. one of my favorite cassettes yeah. that my brother Kyle ever gave me when I was a sophomore in high school back in 1995. And uh, that must have been early days of Rasmussen because you can tell that Alpha and John are playing a song that they both know and everyone else is uh, adding on top of that. It's a very so good that's observation. been around for a long oh, time. But that was shelved for around. probably a decade before we played it again there. So <laughs> me and so did you guys do it with Pinka or also. not? Did you do it? With we did do that with Pinka, yeah. 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 That was yeah. an Alpha original. No, it, it's a fucking great song, that noise explosion in the middle is very cool that was uh mike and um tell jerry me, jerry greasy jerry 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 i love you buddy if you hear this with his jeans dripping off of him i've never met anyone more destined for rock stardom in my life that guy was a gifted songwriter and uh, yeah, definitely a very talented talented musician it's the jerry podcast that's right <laughs> So glad you guys could tune in. We'll be back another day <laughs> with the Jerry Podcast where we just talk about less cash the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> this is the original Alpha Noise recording. Genesis of that song that you heard performed by Rasmussen. That was off a 
a four-track recording by Alpha Rasmussen titled Alpha Noise. Uh, I know we all have a copy, and uh, it, it should be released soon on 525 Records. I'm ready to pull the trigger. We're just waiting on some final releases. I want to stop and correct you on the pronunciation. Is The band was Rasmussen. The, the name is Rasmussen, so Alpha Rasmussen, the band Rasmussen. I've been confused for years. That was our stipulation that it can't be pronounced Rasmussen. It has to be pronounced Rasmussen. Rasmussen. But only in the context of the band. Yes, yeah, the band name is Rasmussen. They're, they're However, if we're John's referring... John's name is... Rasmussen. Right. Rasmussen. Thank you. <laughs> and this is the intrigue. I'm the only Rabbit. one with an easy name. You got Bright and Bach, well, Seth, as in, as Rasmussen, and Seta Geibson. Geibson. That's pretty good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I might change my name. I just rem- I remember all the local musicians, like uh, you know, people that bartended, people in the southeast area. They were very hip to Rasmussen the band, and uh, you guys, you guys practiced like hot fire. I mean, it was like three times a week. But the whole time this is going on, Less Cash is really just coming together as a group, uh, almost in the same exact time and vein. Yeah, no, at the same exact. I mean, to the point where. I'm pretty sure we played at least one show together where it was Rasmussen and sorry, Rasmussen and and uh and 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 Brighton Bog. I mean in less cash. And you know <laughs> the big problem from your standpoint was that you had two band members that were in both bands. Not only John Rasm- yeah, Rasmussen. It was the only other two, yeah. Like if I didn't have them, it was just me playing by myself. No rhythm section. <laughs> yeah, no. But it's you just me. also were in the Akanakans at the exact same time. No, that's also you true. You had two bands uh, right. with I two different members, and they had we one both. band. And I won't bring that's up our point. fumes of jealousy towards the Akanakans. <laughs> well, I, mean, I must say, good. Thanks, John. I must Ray say, we'll stay awake at night. The Akanakans actually predated all of these bands. Uh, the Akanakans really started in 2010. I don't know that you can prove any of that. Well, I was the original bass player in the Akanakans. I don't know if you guys know this, but and we were. I have recordings from 2010, which predate Les Cash and predate Rasmussen. We were jamming in the basement of Mark's house. It always becomes the Elliot Cuts podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, we were playing in 2010 since you say it, we were I don't remember the years I think that you're right though. well I only know this because I just put out the smokes and uh, I can't I can't yeah, he's the live record in the archivist that's true that Elliot was is the archivist for all of this if it's you'll recall amazing. if you go to 525 records you'll see that the I can't I can't played a show with blue skies for black hearts and the smokes it was a three band bill live at the white eagle September 4th 2010 there's a poster for it downstairs. It is, yes, and it's also one of the more recent Five Two Five Records uh, releases. Yeah. So and, this is, and there's a poster for it downstairs. But Rasmussen, we're talking 2013. But more than that, <laughs> more to this poster that's downstairs of it. Yeah, Rasmussen, Rasmussen. God damn it, you had to <laughs> trip me up with this. Um, they were, yeah, they were playing together. They were, we were practicing in the same household. Occasionally, it was, it was often easier for, uh, to for me to come there than to get both of them out here to Vancouver. So we 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 practiced at the same house, and I remember, yeah, getting there sometimes, and Rasmussen would be playing in the, uh, while I was standing outside in the rain. 
I do remember right. at that at that time I was working fifty hours a week and was in at least two bands. I think about two and a half if I counted the lips that touch whiskey stuff with Elliot. So I was basically waking up doing stuff for other people and not having a moment to myself for weeks and weeks and months and months there for a while. It and was a it was a packed schedule. I must say that practicing at the Fatu Five House was much better because the alternative was practicing in a dark, dingy, damp basement, which, I mean, who really wants to play music in a basement? Come down here in the basement. It sucks. The fucking basement sucks. Right, and the, this was the whole point of the Fatu Five House is the drums were in the living room. You go in the front door, you're looking at a drum set. There's no TV. Yeah. There's Win- no windows. There's other rooms. There's windows. My basement isn't isn't dark or dingy. <laughs> don't don't find it either of these. I think that you're um, that you're you're thinking of the house that you lived in, uh, which which was also five two five. But down in that basement was dark and dingy. Was where you guys used to practice, right? Is that well, what you're referring to? I'm referring to? to all dark and dingy basements, most notably your house on Gleason. Right Dude, by Biddy McGraw's. Okay, yeah, that was dark and that was dark and dingy. I'm also, was, yeah. I'm also referring to Alpha's basement, which we practiced a That's number of true. times in yes. at her old Milwaukee yeah. house, and just the the propensity of bands to wind to up in, in basements. Well, because the noise is a lot better for neighbors. It's, yeah, it's, you can it's, practice. You, it's rare it's to easier. have a. It's rare to have a space that isn't a basement. Very or, true. Or, like, or a garage what? or something like that. Windowless you... box. Uh, the 525 was was nice. You usually, have windows. You have other rooms you see into. There's a constant flow of people. Usually not all your houses are roommate friendly with like having a drum set in their living room also. So that was pretty convenient. Luxurious. Lucky. Yeah, luxurious. I guess that was magical about the 525 house. I will just say this, though, too. In Portland, there's a ton of basements. So you can have band practice in your basement when in austin there's zero basements and people would actually go to rent storage units or other buildings where they could have band practice they right. they had to because you not everyone could had, set it up had a situation room. where they could play in the living room right. you know or chicken shifts weird out or the, like house yeah. on the back of yeah, the property trailer. with earth moving people, equipment all over and it was very strange the band there. white denim recorded their first record in a trailer yeah on at a ranch yeah, sometimes I mean, dingy is fine like sometimes in a single, dingy in a single wide trailer I, I i think a lot of my songs were written downstairs in that dingy basement so i don't mind dingy basement. is that a metaphor for your my butthole <laughs> no. <laughs> oh no sorry no your psyche oh yes that is what it was a metaphor <laughs> you know what though john commented on it uh last month month and a half ago we've been rehearsing at my house down in milwaukee and then we come up here and get back down in that basement and the bricks are all around yes the drums are live the floor is ringing and playing down there you get that there's very live sound it's that electric it's like, like everyone's so loud well, it's but like the playing, reflections are crazy it, it, it's more like playing in a live venue playing downstairs here then it was like and by live venue i don't mean like playing at like a coliseum or something like that i mean playing in like some dive bar where you're you know there's 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 a lot of open there's a lot of 
walls that aren't muted and yeah there's a slap back exactly like um which is what gets get down to the basement downstairs that that is kind of we don't have it your studio but your studio is that's why it's it's made that way so that when we record i was just gonna say that yeah your the basement is set up like a live venue the the studio over at at the gibson compound is uh it's set up to capture sound not to project sound to capture sound right sorry Hang on. Maybe there's something to that. There is, there is. Look at look at us. We have all the options at our fingertips. How fun is that? That's true. So what you're saying is I could, I should construct a room next door to our that's like a live space venue. that's made out of cinder blocks. <laughs> Just cinder blocks yeah, covered in stainless yeah, steel. Stainless yeah. Steel. yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Exactly. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> with an electrified, electrified floor. With, and then push mounds of dirt up against it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be under the Slowly ground. pour some water Just along be, the walls, too. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, now you're getting specific. Sorry. Buddy. Right. That's okay. It's not, it's not, not true. <laughs> I would love to know who came up with the name Less Cash. Who, who can we credit for that strike of genius? Oh man, it w- was definitely something that came about during a practice. Um, and I think it was a, a, a practice with the initial, the, the original three, John and Alpha and myself. And, and Alpha and John were always riffing on stuff. And then I would just kind of latch onto something they'd say and, and point it out again. <laughs> so I, I feel like Less Cash was definitely a, I, I don't know if you remember it differently, John, but I, I feel like it was something that we all three. Yeah, it felt organic, and and all three of us were in on some kind of conversation about, uh, not. I don't want to give too much to this, but it was a less it was a less Claypool Johnny Cash reference of some sort. That's all I remember yeah, about it. But it, it was. wasn't a direct comparison or, or, you know, and analogous in any way to to those guys. But and less Cash also sounded like a it sounded like a person's name, and so when there is a email that. Um, that I never use, but when I initially started the Less Cash brand, um, and I had to you know get a Gmail or whatever, um, it was Lester Cash Worthington the third. Um, it's the actual. The, There's your the band full, name. The full. It's the full email that, that and that was something that Alpha and I and, and I think John was there too. We we that we concocted like, oh, there's got to be some dude wearing a monocle somewhere. Right, exactly. And his name will be Lester <laughs> Cash Worthington the third. More credit goes to Alpha on that one. I'm pretty. That sounds like an Alpha thing. Wearing so, a monocle has a driver. So has a driver. Chauffeur of some sort. Yeah. Um, so yeah, less, less cash has had a lot of, that there's a lot of plays that can be had with it. I've, I've found. And, and so I, I really like that aspect of the name. I'm going to play you my favorite less cash song. It's called ghost. It's off the 2014 album scenery. Just cause I'm a ghost. I made a big mess of the love you were giving. Maybe the place or the face. 
that song in particular that was alpha on bass also singing backups and it's uh what definitely my favorite song i i would dare to say it's the best less cash song i don't know seth how do you feel i love that song and again when i got the recording from mark and when I was in Austin, I was like, oh, shit, this song is fucking rad. That's exactly what I thought yeah, when I no. first heard it. Oh, shit. But I had a actually a question about the recording. Were there two guitar tracks you recorded there? Because in the headphones, I was there was a left and right, and they seemed like different takes almost, or like one side was like more of a did attack do. of like a finger, individual string picking, or like... I did do two two guitar takes, but also Elliot is on that track as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Who, me? Yeah. I didn't know that. <clears throat> yeah. I thought he was only on the Run the Jewels no, song. No, he's on Why that. Why do you think it's that, his favorite? That, there were a couple guitar takes, and then as well, Elliot doing doing guitar on it. The vast majority of heavy lifting in terms of guitar on that record is done by Mark Breidenbach, the front man of Less Cash. A really remarkable job. Uh, really well recorded. Well Just recorded is also done. Yeah. The a record, great album. The, 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 the engineer dialed in. It was, it was really, it was, I mean, um, I, I give credit where credit is due. Uh, Mike, Mike Vasquez is a um, phenomenal engineer and, and he did a great job with this with this record so i was i was blown away when i first heard it it does it sounds a lot better than the setup would lead you to believe that the final product was gonna you know turn out it was it was pretty you know we're running a, a snake from the house out to <laughs> basically kind of a shack out on the property outdoors uh, uh well, kind of yeah. semi-open air it felt like like i mean literally windows, like an outbuilding yeah, an on this outbuilding. property yeah the snake uh, from the exterior building ran into the house but it ran outdoors right which, whenever it rained yeah that was a dilemma <laughs> No, it was a, yeah, I mean, it was set, but up, we were, set up and torn down that day. It wasn't a, a snake that lived in that stretch there. But having been out there once to do some guitar tracks and seeing how you guys recorded those drums, it, it does. It sounds a million times better than it looks. Than what you would expect for from, sure. from what was going on out there, which right. is, I mean, a testament to his ability to capture sound in, yeah. that, in that environment is yeah. awesome. And as and as a mix mixing too, sorry, well, because the mix on it is great and it's never been mastered. It's, it's still not mastered. Well, yeah. I'm I'll so glad you brought sorry. that up because Five Five Records should be re releasing scenery from Lush Cash any day now. Look for it out there. Mm -hmm. It should check be check is in the mail. Fully destroyed. I will just say, and you don't have to put this in the podcast, but um, the reason I recommended Mike Vasquez to Mark was because I knew him from Austin and he had very recently moved up to Portland. And before he had done so, I was actually interning at his studio. And um, I went to school at the Recording Conservatory of Austin and then uh, he had Sweatbox Studios, which had been in Austin for 15 or 20 years in various iterations. They had burned down once down there and and uh, many partners were involved in that studio, but he always had, he had uh, local legends recording there. And I knew he was a quality engineer and he could make good sounding records, which is why I was like, hey, you know, maybe try this guy out because I know he makes good fucking rock records in Austin, you know. Can we just get back to Mark's vocals and then like draw in like a little <laughs> sample of a recent Less Cash song? So I'm so glad you brought Post that up. Alpha, let's hear. Let's and then hear. Like, hear like 
Because there's so many fucking golden moments where they're very poignant. Like, I've listened to them and been, you know, and been moved. <laughs> I really have, buddy. Thank you. Man. Swear to God. We definitely should listen to a recent Les Cash song, one that features Mr. Seth Gibson on the bass guitar. This is a song called This Is Love by Les Cash, featuring Seth Gibson on the bass guitar, performed live at Maple Lane Studios. Here we go. You're not 
get crapped out, dude. I think you stepped on the cable. No, it was not, dude. Yeah, I definitely stepped on the cable, and that's why the bass drops out on that song. But man, what a great fucking song. That is uh, Less Cash. The song is called This Is Love. You can find it on the 525 Records YouTube channel. There's a music video for that song that is pretty awesome, if I don't say so myself. But uh, yeah, that's a recent Less Cash song featuring Seth Gibson on the bass guitar. I remember when Mark sent me that track, I was in the airport, and we were flying back from North Carolina, I think, we were in a layover, and uh, I was like, damn, this song is good. And um, actually, Mark laid down the bass track first, and then I tried to play whatever he was laying down. It's probably different by now, but... um, It just goes to show you, every once in a while, Mark Breitenbach hits one out of the park. And that, that song to me is a real home run. That and Ghost. Probably. I feel like we all just got I'm super sorry. drunk. I was really hoping John <laughs> would carry this podcast. I know, right? I feel like we aren't including... like. Sorry, everybody. I <laughs> feel like John was going to just <laughs> been on his phone us. the whole night. No, Thank I just you, feel man. like you guys have more insight into the songwriting and, and creative end of it. I'm happy to let you go on that. Yeah, I don't know. Do, do you... F- I don't think I've ever, I, I don't I I think when we got when Les Cash started Les Cash was very much um John I didn't have drum parts like I didn't try to write drum parts back then but these new songs I did try to write drum parts for them and it wasn't always a lot of the times I don't I don't think John ever heard the, the original things that I had done so it was nice a fresh ear and coming at it without having that um, was like, oh, that's that's much better than what I did. But other times I was like, oh, I wish, I kind of want to hear this, this thing happen. I the one thing you can idea. never do is micromanage John's drumming. No, 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 that's I don't think. No, I'm, I'm happy never. to have that. If a songwriter has yeah. something in mind, I'm happy to 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 play their part. They have, a, especially someone like you, Elliot, or you, Mark, where you can play yeah. the drums yourself and you can lay them down. I'm happy to pick those parts right up. It makes my job super easy, and it lets me know that it's it's your vision. It's uh, that I'm not just shooting randomly around this song that you've written. You know, it's, it gives you a real focus of where I know you want it to be. But as a drummer, when a when a songwriter comes to you and he goes, "Oh, here's what I'm thinking for this song," it's a boom, boom, tsh, boom, boom, tsh, boom, boom, tsh, boom, boom. And, I mean, and I'm the, so <clears> mad <throat> just listening to you. Say that's that. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And it's not just you; it's every drummer. No. Uh, so going back to uh, originally writing with Mark Endless Cash was working with Alpha, and again we were doing Rasmussen at the time, which was like freaking homework. It's like, oh, these songs are exhausting. They're huge. There's a lot of math involved. Uh, you guys, you guys played them over and over and over and over. Yeah, it, it was discipline and 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 you know work. Ugh. And then Mark would come over. We'd do less cash songs. It's this Americana four straight stuff, and it's super fun to play, super fun to listen to. You know, it's something I'd be more likely to listen to than a Rasmussen song. And me and Alpha can effortlessly sure. write behind Mark. Uh, so it it was super easy for us to just be like. Mark, that sounds good. Here's what me and Alpha are going to do back here is, you know, we can bounce right off of each other. We, we have no problem laying down a rhythm track. Alpha's a skilled guitar player. She can just grab a grab a bass and go at it and, and find something pretty easily. Uh, me and her had written for years, and I can hold my own on the drums, so that naturally falls into place. That's, that, that's super easy. Uh, 
I, again, don't mind a, a, a songwriter that has a specific vision. I'll eat it right up. Uh, if, if, and Mark is really forward about it. If, if he hears that I'm steering into something and it needs to be cut time, double time, or any of that, uh, easy, easy to adjust. And I can always find, I can always find a, a, a feel. If, if he wants to play something slower than I want to play it, I can find a feel that works with that. I can stay on the front side of the beat. I can still have fun with a slower song. doesn't bother me. Uh, it's more about, uh, that makes my job super easy that there's already something, there's already a framework there. Uh, and I know that I'm fulfilling the vision of the songwriter right off the bat. There's no question about it. It's like, am I anywhere close to what you want to hear? I don't know. I, I don't like shooting blind. That's one that really bugs me is unless it's a purely like, uh, a writing endeavor. It's not, I mean, Mark comes with, with written songs. Uh, it's not a, it's not much of a collaborative. It's like he has a written song. He has something in mind. He even probably has a recording with him playing drums and bass on it. Uh, right. So it's easy to just jump in, take that vision, elaborate on it, a break here, a little fill there, and my job is done. Super easy. John, what are you drinking? Is that uh, colon blow? Some not-so-light roast. The not-so-light colon blow. Do you remember the greatest SNL skit ever written called colon blow? No, it's called Super Happy Fun Ball. Pretty sure that's so. Do not taunt Super Happy Fun Ball. <laughs> <laughs> but the second best. That was called Colon Blow. Uh, I think breakfast. the second best. Sure. Oh, boy. Haven't you heard? Fiber is really good for you. <laughs> well, there's fiber, and then there's high fiber. Try this. So Hartman. What a fucking treasure. Absolutely. Colon Blow. Colon Sounds blow. delicious. But is it really higher in fiber than my oat brand cereal? <laughs> take a guess. Guessing. How many Five. bowls of your oat brand cereal would it take to equal the fiber content of one bowl of yeah. colon blow? Two. Guess again. Three. A little higher. Four. Keep trying. Five. No, you'll have to do better than that. Seven. Guess again. Eight. We'll give you one more guess. Nine. Not even close. It would take over 30,000 bowls. That much You'd have to eat 10 bowls a day every day for eight and a half years. Wow. I think I get the picture. Colin Blow must be the highest fiber cereal on the market. Not anymore. Now that there's new Super Colon Blow. Super Colon Blow? It would take over two and a half million bowls of your oat brand cereal to equal the fiber content of one bowl of Super Colon Blow. I'm convinced. Colon Blow and you in the morning. Colon Blow and you Super Colon Blow. Warning, may cause abdominal distension. Consult a physician. I was going to say... Super colon blow. Number two would be, uh, oops, I crap my pants. Adult diapers. With oops, oh. I crap my pants, I finally have my dignity back. <laughs> How do you know so much about oops, I crap my pants? Because I'm wearing them, and I just did. <laughs> oops, I crap oh, my pants. That's very good. Oh, Lord. Look at colon blow. That, that is a super colon million. blow. <laughs> Super cool. I just love how long they drag that on. Seven? Eight? Eight? Nine? Guess <laughs> one, again. One. We'll give you one just more guess. He blew right past six like, yeah. this is getting ridiculous. This is one. And then it all just know, looks like it's... Yeah, that's hey, great. Mom, what do you say?
say to a game of tennis? Come on, Grandma. If you want our side, the boys don't stand a chance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll get my racket. Uh, on second thought, I think I better sit this one out. Well, you kids go ahead. I want to have a talk with your old grandma. You're still having control problems, aren't you? I just don't feel confident, Harvey. Come with me. I want to let you in on a little secret. Here we are. Oops, I crapped my pants. Oops, I crapped my pants. I've heard of those. Do they work? Oops, I crapped my pants. Outperformed every bladder and bowel control product on the market today. Here, let me show you. I imagine this pitcher of iced tea is really a gallon of your feces. Now, see how a super-thick fluff filter allows for maximum absorbency without leaking. I'm impressed. Oops, I crapped my pants can hold a lot of dung. And get this. Oops, I crapped my pants are biodegradable. Now, that's good for the environment. So how do you know so much about oops, I crapped my pants? I'm wearing them, and I just did. Oops, I crap my pants. Let's see your local pharmacist and just say, Oops, I crap my pants from Procter and Gamble. John, how do you know so much about Oops, I crap my pants? Because I'm wearing them, and I just did. <laughs> Phil Hartman was a fucking genius. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I was going to say, number three on that list is any of the caveman lawyer skits. Ooh, I'm just a primitive caveman. I don't understand your crazy flying machine. Give me another drink. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to keep looking at these as you keep naming this shit off. The Toonsinator. Where the Terminator is with Toonsis the driving cat, and the cat's driving so crazy that Phil Hartman's <laughs> playing the Terminator, and he's like, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> Toonsis is so crazy of a driver, of a cat that drives a car, that he's scaring Phil Hartman as the Terminator. Holy shit. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> Fucking Toonsis. <laughs> This is the cat who could drive a car. Yeah, it always ended the same. This is the driving cat. The cat who drives a car. He drives around all over the town. Toonsis, the driving cat. Toonsis, the cat who could drive a car. Honey, you won't believe it. Toonsis can drive a car. Toonsis are cat? Yeah, come on, I'll show you. What a perfect day for a drive. Isn't that pretty? Oh, it's a fantastic day. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I told you he could drive. I thought you said he could drive. Well, I thought he could. I saw him up there fooling around with the steering wheel, and I, I guess I just assumed he could drive. That's okay, honey. Anybody would think that. Hey, look! He's driving away! I guess he can drive. Yeah, <laughs> just not very well. Yeah. <laughs> he drives around all over the town. Toots is the driving cat. 
next on Tootsis, the cat who could drive a car. The driving test. Do you think Tootsis will pass his driving test? I don't know. That written part is pretty hard. And he can't even read. Maybe he'll make up for it on the driving part. Damn, I wish I could help him. All right, sir, if you'll just go ahead and pull out into traffic. <laughs> Look out! How does he reach the pedals? How does he reach the pedals? Nobody wants to know. Can we hear another Les Cash song? Oh. Or go out Come on. Come out on a Les Cash song, possibly. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. What would Joe Biden want? Right. I mean, come on, man. I think he's as far as, hear more as, far as less cash. or or on, uh, or it's just somebody in hosting the podcast. Hey, <laughs> hey, post, hey, 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 hey! Come on, man! As opposed to the two the band members interviewing each other. Come on, man! <laughs> oh boy, starting it now. Now it's going off. We can get into it. That's how it started. I love kids jumping on my lap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elliot lost his bet, so he's a little upset. It's not over yet. <clears throat> no, he still has a chance. Ask more chance. questions, Elliot. Play more music. Well, you know, my favorite Les Cash song, maybe ever, is a song called Slow Jam 98. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's a real fucking downer, but... I'm worried about what version you might have. All right. Well, there's only one version. Yikes. The version I recorded. At Sam's house? Sam. Is this Sam Densmore's recording? No. We have another version of this, son. Yeah, well, what? that version's fucking bullshit. Yeah, we, we, we played Talking to your mics. We played a show. Les Cash played a show down Sam Densmore's basement. Oh. I think I it meant think like his studio one. or the studio. Is I think that's the Isn't that the one where Mike jumped over the fence and... Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I mean, he didn't really make it over the fence, right? But he j attempted to jump a fence, and he ended up slash slashing his hand wide open. I think I bet him like ten dollars that he could jump over this fence. He in let the a garden. bunch of children get in on a on a bet that he couldn't jump over the fence. Yeah, that's what it was. These kids were ruthless. Yeah, and then he went to, and he couldn't. He didn't jump over. The fence. Yeah, <laughs> but he also. Had to go to the emergency room. He did make it over the fence, but he, he broke did. the fence he, and he went to the emergency room. The fence room. was broken. I remember Sam coming up. What the fuck is going on in my backyard? It was his kids that were egging him on. It was his kids. So I blame and, 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 Sam. Yeah. Sam. Yeah. Densmore. <laughs> if you're listening to this, Sam Densmore, your kids caused Mike to break your fence. Don't blame Mike, please. <laughs> or your kids, for that matter. They were just being kids also. It's really nobody's fault. Densmore was pretty fucking cool. Remember when we used to play shows with Silverhawk all the time? Yeah. That well, was, that's, uh, John, you know. Densmore, oh Sam Densmore. It's a good band. I just remember Densmore was bartending at the FERC, and uh, me and John yeah. played a show there, Lips of Touch Whiskey. Yeah. And then after the show, we were drinking a beer, and I was like, bro, will you play bass in Lips of Touch Whiskey? And he's like, man. No. 
I just I just don't have any time, and I just I just I don't have any time for another musical project. And then like the next week, that you, was right. You, That's you, right. You that guys, was the half band, not you. It you was, guys started uh, a new band. Yeah. So there was Rasmussen, Les Cash, and John oh, Densmore. Right. John, John Densmore experience. Yeah. But he yeah. he had the sure. best fucking guitar amp. It was a PV Delta Blues yeah. forty watt combo amp. That amp was fucking choice. I he left it at the house and. Uh, I remember it there. I used to yeah. rock the motherfucking shit out of that amp playing with John. It f- it fed back so well. It's one of the greatest amps. I, if I ever see another PV Delta Blues You're combo amp, yeah. I'm fucking grabbing yeah. it, bro, yeah. because the gain stage is so nice and it, it feeds back like such a fucking champ. I just I wish I could find one, man. But then you know when he moved or whatever, he took his amp and that was it. Yeah, I well, couldn't use it anymore. It was like the flip top, or was that the bass amp? Amp- it was like that a was tweet. Amp- that was the Ampeg flip. Like I still can't believe over. we left that Marshall that that stack there at the house. The five two five. Dude, house. so much gear yeah. got left got behind. There. It was that was. What do you do? Do you rent? No, uh, I know. You rent, you rent exactly. a, a space to maybe totally. hopefully use it one day or no, sell it for the no. price. Yes, and lose money on the well, on the on a storage. Space. This was before Seth moved back to Portland. So. We had no. Yeah, so. Mark had a basement. Well, I don't know why that didn't work out. I don't know what that. I went over there with a friend of mine. She wanted to try to sell some of it, and she started making calls, and there was no money to be made off of it, yeah, and there was right. a lot of storage involved and a lot of moving that's stuff right. involved that needed to happen in like a twenty-four hour. Yeah, period. it was the under the gun factor. Yeah, like yeah. you know. Hey, what would you know about it? <clears throat> hey, because he wasn't here. Is that now why? No, we can't talk about it because this could be incriminating. Oh, well, you can look forward to a full. Documentary, documentary entitled mm-hmm. Last Days of 525. It's all cell phone footage. Yeah, all the behind the scenes scoop. It should be mm-hmm. dry. Any day now. Either. A lot of scenes with John. It's Elliot basically, there. we should really rename the so. movie Me and John Get Tacos because that's, <laughs> that's pretty much the entire movie. It's you just got me, me with and, the title. I like it. Me and John Getting Tacos. I like it. And John that's is good. famously quoted in that documentary. You have no idea how an organic interview should start. And uh, that's the opening scene is me and John getting breakfast. I think it's pretty good, but mm-hmm. I can't wait. Look for it to drop, 525records.com uh, on the YouTube channel. Last Days of 525, the story of the last days. Don't forget to sign up for the 525 Patreon. Yes. Check out the merch department. Wait, you should, is this the end? Well, you know, you should really... The sketch. Less cash scenery. There's, also to drop maybe one day, hopefully. Fuck less cash. There's a ton of five two five merch available <laughs> on five two five dot com. Most notably, we're really happy with our label. The Dead Kennedys. Five two five retro stickers through everything. Recently, we re- renovated the Dead Kennedys Class Four. Uh, I really like that they don't rip off. No one knows other about bands. that. They are sure. selling like hotcakes. Get them before they're gone. We've only got a few left, folks. Five two five records dot com. Dead Kennedys. I think this is a bunch at my Stickers. house. What under, are you charging under for those? some notebooks? One dollar piece. Okay, get a hold of me directly. By the way, if you want to go to for seventy five cents, if you want to go to a real website, check out lesscashmusic.com. Lesscashmusic.com is pretty good also uh, don't forget the less cash page on 525records.com in fact we have a ton of less cash music available for free one of those songs is called slow jam 98 it's one of my favorite jams but before we go to that we should also say mark brightlock music facebook um uh 
is another place to, to find more music. At. Also, don't forget the 525 Records Instagram, Twitter, and at 525 Records. And the Smokes and Blue Skies for Black Hearts. <laughs> Pat, what up, dude? You know, senators.com, third politics. 55 plays chunks. <laughs> you on the this is one of my favorite Liz Cash songs ever. It's <laughs> Recorded live at 525 Studios. That's not, yeah. 
Thanks for listening. The Factory Five Records podcast. Less cash music. For all your less cash needs. Lesscashmusic.com. Less cash band camp. It's been my pleasure having less cash on the podcast today. Thank you guys. It's been amazing. Thanks, Ben. Thank you. It's fine. Thanks, Adrian. Stay tuned to Five to Five Records for any new less cash updates. I'm sure they're going to have a uh, new record drop in any minute now. It came out yesterday. You guys missed it. Yesterday? Yeah, you guys missed it. Come on. You can always listen to Less Cash for free on 525records.com. Don't forget to check out their Bandcamp site. Call us. We will play for you for free also. Over the phone. Less Cash is Mark Breitenbach. It's him. He's the front man. Lead vocals and guitar. He couldn't be with us today, but we'd like to take a stand in. On the drums is John Rasmussen. Johnny Dynamite, they call him. Man of few words. No one's ever said that before. No, that was the first I've heard that. And holding down the bass, Mr. Seth Gibson. Mr. Fantastic. Seth Sledgefingers Gibson. Mm-hmm. That's Seth. what they call me. So I've been told. <laughs> Those sons of bitches. Sledgefingers? I'll, I'll take care of those guys. Sledgefingers. Don't worry. We won't have to call you that anymore. Sledgefingers? We'll stop them. Wait, wait, wait. Sludge or sledge? It's like a slurpee. Like a sledgehammer. It's oh. like a slurpee, but opposite. Sludge. Sludge? Slur. Slurge fingers. A podcast for the ages. Less cash. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thank you, Elliot. Thanks That's for fine. listening. Factory5Records.com We'll see you later Peace Who's this?